Hey y'all, it's your host, Nia Joy Simmons, welcoming you back to The Joyful Response, in which we will be exploring stories of Black joy, which, if you don't already know, Black joy is an act of resistance. We'll be listening to a story of success from one of our beloved sisters, brothers, or persons on campus. So grab a cup of tea, get you a blanket, and join us in community as we get it started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It is your host again. I feel like I've never said that, actually. <laughs> it's your host, Nigel Simmons. And today I have another wonderful guest for you guys. I, Guys, you know that I care about this podcast because I literally stopped box braiding to do this episode. I have half of a head box braided right now, and the rest of it is looking really crusty on the top of my head. So you guys can't see that. That's why this is a podcast and not a YouTube video. Also, because I'm not a content creator like that. This is so much easier. Use Anchor. It's great for recording podcasts. There's my advertisement. So I'm going to let our guest introduce herself with her name, pronouns, her role on campus or in the Boulder community. Yeah, that's it for now. <laughs> so hi, guys. My name is Brittany. Um, I go by she, hers, my pronouns, she, her, hers, I guess. Um, my role on campus is kind of tricky. So I recently got hired as the undergraduate program coordinator. Uh, through our astrophysics department, which I graduated from. So it's super nice. Like I know everybody, Um, but I'm also like soon to be graduate student because I can take classes. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a weird, like dynamic role, but basically Mm -hmm. student, but like working at the moment. Working student. Yeah. Working student. There you go. That's how you say it. Period. (laughs) That works. Working student. (laughs) Period. Okay. So our icebreaker question for today is what is your most used emoji (laughs) on your phone? Okay, so Nia and I both decided, I think we used the skull emoji. Cumulatively. <laughs> yeah. We decided in unison, it's the skull emoji. The skull emoji. emoji's great. If y'all aren't using it, you're sleeping on the skull emoji. And I, 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 I think I like it because it's so versatile. Like, you can <laughs> literally use it in any situation. Like, whether you're, like, dead-ass serious, you're like, oh, That's or, true. like, I don't know. I think I just use it a lot just because of the conversations that I have mm-hmm. via text. Mm-hmm. But if it's not that one, it's like the crying face emoji. Mm-hmm. And that one, I don't know how to explain in like what context I use it. It's like usually like, like disbelief or like or like oh my god, yeah, yeah, like or like if something's just like not even funny in like a laughy laughy way, just right. like damn, right, right, like damn. If I'm using it, I'd be like I'm crying. Like that's how yeah, that's how exactly. I use it. So between those two, I think those are good ones. They're just fun. I also like the um. The one with like the little like puppy puppy eyes. Oh, I feel like I use that that's one all cute. The time. That one's kind of cute. I At use first, that one probably with my boyfriend the most because I'm like, please, I want food. Please, I have cramps. The bribing, the please. bribing emoji. <laughs> it's, it's the bribe. You sit in it. You know how you could do like the full screen effect. Yes, please. <laughs> I I used to like. Truth be told, I used to find that one irritating, but I think it's because the way that it was used, yeah. like on Twitter. Yeah. But then it yeah. like grew on me, and then I was like, actually, it's kind of cute. It is kind of cute. cute. So, it is kind of cute. But I like, I like seldom use it. But it's so I just like that they always like update, or they have like sometimes so those updates ones. that yeah. you can get new shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know, emojis are fun. I I be using them like at work. I'll be sending random shit. Like the other day. I like told my boss something and like sent one of this guy like dunking like the dunk emoji <laughs> like had no relevance. Period. But I'm just like we're done. Bam. Like that, sh- that shit is fun. So. I wish I had a better emoji game. Honestly, it's just it's just fun. I have so many people ask me like, 
what is that emoji supposed to mean? Like, <laughs> it means nothing, actually. I just I just sent what it. You interpret it. Right. <laughs> it means whatever you want it to mean. It means whatever like. you want it to mean. <laughs> there was a period where for no reason I would just use the um uh how do I describe that emoji? Because I could just show it to you, but I need to describe it so everybody else knows what I'm talking right, about. Right, let me let me the red face dragon thing. The one that's like Yes, yes, yes. It looks I, like a clown. Wait, is it like the demon looking one? Yeah. It's like the like, demon mask? Or yes, like, it's like the mask. It kind of looks like it almost could be like a Chinese. Yes. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know the correct like a terminology, dragon. but I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I used to use that one for no reason all the time. That was ask me, why do you use it? And I'm like, why not? You're like, why, why are you aren't waiting? you using it? Why aren't you using right. it? You sound like you're the one that's out of the loop. <laughs> Sorry. It's not yeah. me. Okay. Well, I could go on a whole conversation about emojis. Right. So we're here to talk about Britney. So. <laughs> is this just for seasoning the episode? Right. I'm going to be in the background like. <laughs> it's just for seasoning the episode. It's to make it seem like we have an audience. Oh, yeah. Don't say that you're the one coughing. It's the audience. Y'all keep it I mean, down. I, I was not coughing. Keep it down. I'm not wrong. My bad. They're just. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're crazy. Times. <laughs> but we are going to step right into her story. Um, just kind of explore a little bit more about her, about, yeah, just all the things. I don't need to keep explaining myself like y'all don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so we're going to get ready. Right all right. So we are in our We Elevated section where we're just going to be talking about Britney's story kind of highlighting some things in her life that she deems important either to her journey, to her experience of joy, whatever it might be. Um, but I guess my first question that I always ask people is what brought you to see you or to Colorado in general? Have you, are you from here originally? How did you get here? Yeah. So I was born in Aurora. I lived there for about like seven years before I moved to California and then I moved to Nebraska, then Georgia, and then came back to Colorado. So what brought me back to Colorado and then in turn see you was um my parents basically split up when mm-hmm. i was young like when i lived in georgia and so we came here and to be honest i was actually supposed to play soccer at uga oh. so that like us moving completely shattered like i was like 16 at the time it just completely shattered everything so i was like oh i don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> so we get there we come to colorado um and my sister she's older than me yeah and uh she went to see you first and i guess like it was like a combination of her telling me her experience, but me sometimes like coming onto campus with her mm-hmm. and then thinking like, okay, like if I'm going to be in this state, like this is a pretty good school. So I basically like in truth, just followed my sister <laughs> and then it turned out to like work really well because I love CU. Like I know a lot of people have like, you know, a little bit of animosity, which I understand to like some degree, but yeah. I love CU just because of my experience in my department. Mm-hmm. Like, like, with my professors and like the major, like, I don't know. It was, it worked out for me to the point where like, I almost like just never wanted to leave. I was like, please I'll do anything to stay here. Like, but, but yeah, so that's kind of what brought me here. Period. Yeah. And you did astrophysics as undergrad? Yeah. So I started as an English literature major. Oh, and that's then, a big difference. Yes. So my sister, she started in aerospace engineering and then she switched over to her astrophysics or well, it's astrophysics and planetary sciences department. So yeah. she did astrophysics. And there was like a point where I would sit in her classes with her because mm-hmm. I always loved space, yeah. but I was always like, 
she's way smarter than me. Like, she could hang with the best of them here. Yeah. I'm just, like, some chump that, like, oh, this shit is cool. <laughs> but then, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can see the stars. Like, But then I had, like, one of the professors who ended up being, like, kind of like a second dad to me at this yeah. rate. He was like, just, just do it. Like, if you, if you enjoy it, like, just take on the major. And I was like, and I was a junior at that time. Oh, yeah. So it was really like, I was like, you know what? I don't care. Like, screw it. I'll do it. So I just added it on. And then that's what I ended with. So I have like double major. And then at some point I have a classics minor, which is like ancient Rome was my like, um, focus point. And I love that too. Like, my problem at CU was I just wanted to do everything. everything. I wanted to do everything. Like at mm-hmm. one point I was like, I want to try out from the music school. Like I love piano. Like, or I remember seeing like the, some of the plays that we have. I would never do that because I mean, like I applaud people a little, but I'm like, I, it's not, I would look like a fool. I would look, yeah. I would be like, Hey, like on stage, I'd be acting up. Like it'd be bad. But I just had so many interests that I was like, and I feel like CU is great in that they offer mm-hmm. a good variety of stuff. Like, you know, you have music to, to like the business school and engineering. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there was a lot. So much here. Yeah. And so like, that was kind of like my, it was like my kryptonite in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like it was good and bad because mm-hmm. it like, I was trying to put myself in so many places at once. Yeah. Like at some point I even started playing soccer here yeah. and like, at one point, I played soccer and had like 21 credits. I was like, I'm gonna die. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I vividly Child. recall like the stress. I was telling this student the other day, I was like, don't, no. don't do it. Don't take 21 credits. Please live your life and enjoy it. <laughs> like, no. But I feel like I really resonate with that because I don't know. I just like, I honestly like to me, I, I kind of agree. Like, I feel like my experience, I mean, I've been in Boulder for like, 11 years now mm-hmm. which is like crazy so that's long. a long time yeah i know i'm ready to go now but <laughs> just, I'm, I'm leaving <laughs> when i came into college i was like oh my gosh there's so much to do here yeah. i was like this is like so it's endless it can be like so overly stimulating and it can be really easy like especially if you are one of those people who's like passionate about just like wanting to do all this stuff mm-hmm. i definitely burnt myself out like if there's a few semesters where i just was like taking way too much on and it was just miserable yeah so i definitely resonate with that did you finish in four years? No, so I actually almost did six. Okay, I was about to say, because if you finished in four years out of oh, major on girl. year, I was like, that's impressive. I would be like, I, you know what? I would be talking so much smack if I did. I'd be like, <laughs> y'all, can't, y'all can't touch me. No, I I did almost six. Like, it was a semester short of six. Because okay. there was one semester where I only took nine credits, so mm-hmm. that really, like, shot me back, which yeah. was fine. Like, I, I feel like something that I learned the hard way is, like you said, you can kind of get overstimulated by how much stuff is available to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I I learned the hard way that you need to just relax. So exactly. So yeah, it was, it was a long road, but I finally finished, which that's all I really care for at the end of the day. I was like, I just want the diploma. You know, exactly. if I do all this work, like I just want to be recognized for my work. Like exactly. I don't, I don't care to walk. I don't care to like, I, <laughs> I never took pictures like with my grad stuff. Mm-hmm. I never did any of that. I was just like, I just want the, the degree. Want the oh, my degrees. And I'm the lead. <laughs> Thank Period. you. Period. But yeah. Do you feel like you're um, like beyond just like being excited about, you know, your major and just like kind of like being like 
excited about all the things that you could do while you were here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like being like a person of color, like a black woman on campus, either in STEM or just like in general, like on campus, like made an impact either like negatively or positively on your like oh, experience? without a doubt. Like, it's so strange because I'm clearly very light skinned, right? Mm-hmm. And my whole life, it I was can't like, even see her, guys, right now, it's <laughs> I'm like, translucent. translucent. I, it's giving it's Casper. Giving <laughs> <laughs> the bottle and I are one. I'm actually clear, <laughs> chlorine. Like, <laughs> but it's so crazy because, like, I like I can vividly recall, like, as a kid, like people pointing out to me and being like, "Oh, you're a black girl," and like, mm-hmm. or they'd be like, "Your dad's black," and it's mm-hmm. like to me that's normal, and I'm like okay like (laughs) and but it was just so strange like and i remember even like in high school i had girls um of course they're white girls you know they would be talking about like oh i you know i'm tanner than you i'm like Mm -hmm. first of all i am still half white like Mm -hmm. let's please not forget that like i don't know what to tell you like my dna genetics came out the way that they did like go fight with my mom about that but it was like it would be like weird comments like that that would carry, you know, even till now, like yeah. 20s, it's people making comments about like, you know, oh, I'm tanner than you or mm-hmm. um, definitely a get like in being in STEM. I mean, mm-hmm. you have, it was like a double whammy. For one, most of the STEM, like of any field, whether it's like chemistry or engineering is male dominated, like yeah. without a doubt. And it's typically white guys, which is fine, but it's like, when you get in those spaces and you're there constantly every day, yeah, it starts to kind of weigh on you, especially when there are some people that will go out of their way and be like, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. Like I had a girl, she was um, my sister's friend. I think her parents were from, from Lebanon mm-hmm. and she had a guy like straight up tell her like, you know, like just because of what you look like, like you would oh. never make it in this oh. industry. And we're like, oh, that's horrible yeah i was like wow like and this is just like another student so i'm like for you to say that to people's face i can i can only imagine what you're thinking yeah, you know and like yeah. you know the kind of shortcuts or the the barriers that people put in place in front of you like mm-hmm. i don't know because you're already dealing with like imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. all this stuff so yeah it was just like it was something that i never tried to like make a problem if you will like i just want to be like i'm i'm just as capable as anybody else in this room regardless if you're a guy or girl whatever gender you are white black you know i don't care like we're all in here we're going we're gunning for the same stuff so like i tried to not make it an issue or think about it but there was definitely you know instances where where yeah like you can't not you know acknowledge it which Mm -hmm. sucked because there was there were plenty of times when people you know whether it's their straight out you know gunning for your neck yeah. like oh you don't belong here or they're like oh like you're a black woman and you know astrophysics that's yeah. so cool it's like yeah why, why is that cool like yeah. well, you know like what, what do you mean right like what do you mean by that oh, so wow. yeah like i don't know it's just been a weird road but and i and like you know colorism like all these things like there's just so many conversations that can be had oh, yeah you know and it's just like it almost felt like there was somebody somebody battling me from every angle. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. And I'm like, yeah. y'all, like, yeah. we are worried about the wrong shit here. Exactly. Like, and it's like, and it and to me, like, and it's weird because I never, I never faced that kind of um, I guess conversation or discourse like in my on the humanities side, like yeah. in my English, t- like time doing English literature, mm-hmm. but almost just every day over in, you know, the physics building. And it was just like 
is so weird. You know, certain spaces mm-hmm. kind of just like those things fester or like, mm-hmm. you know, that's where they're like, you know, born and bred and just exactly. like continue to this day. And it's just like, y'all. Like the business school, man. Yeah, exactly. Like that is full of chads just school, walking around. Bro. Oh my gosh. I can't. Business school is probably one of the most racist schools on campus. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't doubt it. I can't. Yeah, no. No. I that I don't know why. This just reminded me last night. I was out with um a few friends mm-hmm. we were at the bar <laughs> and this guy, so obviously, you know, me and my little clan, a <laughs> little group, we're all black and <laughs> We're going into the spotted James and this guy, and he didn't say it in a good way. Oh. There was this white guy who was standing at the, the bar, and we all go up and you know, about to get a drink. And he was like, There's a lot of diversity in here. Oh what? <laughs> and he said it so loud. He said, There's a lot of diversity in here. I'm like, sorry, can you say that again really like louder this <laughs> time? Picture, last <laughs> right. Are you a fan? Would Bro, you like an was- autograph? You should have seen the way you stared. I was like, are you Ew, like, okay. That's the, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, why? Like, <laughs> random compliments. Yes. Comments, bro. And it's the way that he felt the need. Like, he wanted you to hear him. Oh, like, he said it loud and clear. <laughs> like, what, did, what do you want us to react with, sir? Nothing from that. Yeah. That, to me, I'm just like, <laughs> whether you're jealous or you're just genuinely hateful, do everybody a favor and yeah. just shut up. Yeah. Like, keep people, it to yourself. People just love making comments. Yeah, they love the drama. They love they the, love they love the just like, I don't like you and I want you to know it. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, great. Does it help you sleep at night? Like, cause we don't care. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you that. I don't know how to bring it to you. But that's wild though. But it also doesn't surprise me. No. That does not surprise no. me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like having like vivid <laughs> flashbacks of like weird things people have said to me, especially on the hill. Bro, I'm like, dog, yeah. y'all need to go back inside or something. No, there was this woman <laughs> before I ask you the next question. This is just there was this woman. Um, I went out to eat with like my friend and my boyfriend the other day, mm-hmm. and these two older middle-aged white women uh-huh. bought all of our drinks for us because my boyfriend was one at the bar. And she said to him, she's like, oh, you look like a nice black man. <gasps> and oh, <bought> the <laughs> what the? <laughs> See, are these are like, like, what? You look like a nice You look like man. a very nice black man. <laughs> why, what, like, why, did, why, was that, why did that need like, to be Why do you need to point that out? You look but like all... a nice white woman. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for buying me a drink. You, you should have said that. Right, and like, you just moved on. Just moved on. People just be saying stuff. Thank though. you, white woman. Yeah. People just like saying stuff. But <laughs> I'm happy that you still, you know, you made it through. You did the thing. And you were still a proud woman in STEM. As yeah, you should. power to us all. Thank as you, you should, yeah. honestly. So, other than, you know, the slight racism that happens <laughs> on campus sometimes. <laughs> what? Either you know. in your undergrad experience or even now. Like, it's, it doesn't just have to be your undergrad experience. Mm-hmm. But just, like, what in general within like the CU Boulder community, knowing that it's a predominantly like white area, like what has brought you joy? Like what keeps you, like what kind of like maintains your sense of peace, your sense yeah. of self, your sense of community? What does that look like in your life? I don't know. It manifests in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was at BSA, like the meetings, that was such a nice space yeah. to have. Like it was, it was kind of like a reprieve at the literal end of the day. It's like, all your classes are done and you get to go hang out with people that are understanding like your plight, whether it's like small or like massive scale. Yeah. Like here's what someone said to me today or like, here's how I'm feeling. Like, I love that. Like that yeah. was, I liked those kind of like 
organizations or clubs like like I had another one that I was with it's called CU Stars where it was like you know a bunch of us astronomy nerds coming yeah. together and be like Woo! like those little spaces I don't know like <laughs> not the repping no, someone's like answer. that's racist <laughs> I know you're not recording it was racially podcast. motivated Please. yeah like those those like little spaces were so nice to me but I think to me like like um Dwayne physics is where you know most of my classes took place like mm-hmm. to me that was my happy space and even is now like yeah. it's so weird being in that building but not as a student anymore mm-hmm. but I remember the first week like when I started walking around like I was having like vivid recollections of like when my sister and I were like walking through the hallway mm-hmm. or like classes and like it low-key almost made me cry because I remember like even though I had those like moments of like animosity and like feeling like maybe I don't belong here. Like yeah. it was such a good time in my life where I was so happy and like, I just loved what I was doing. And like, and it, uh, it helped that a lot of my professors were, you know, allies in the sense of like, they were there to be as much of a help as they could. Like exactly. they were, they were listening more than they were talking, which was I nice. Was yeah. Cause I was like, finally, like, I feel yeah. like a lot of allies, like, they feel like it's their space to take up yeah, and, you know, like contribute to a conversation. And it's like, no, like that's not how that works. You know, you have to give the mic to the right people. And so I really enjoyed that. or really appreciated that with my professors because they were just, they're all white guys. Most of them white guys and white girls. So they're, you know, they're awesome. So I, I like, I thank them a lot (laughs) for like my sanity, even, you know, long after I've graduated, like, I'll always remember that, like, that kept me at peace, because exactly. it seemed like, you know, everyone else walking around, like, especially on the hill, or mm-hmm. near the business school, like, that was, like, it felt like you were just on edge, yeah. like, you're, like, any minute now, you know, shit hit the fan, right? <laughs> right. I'm gonna hit somebody, like, I can't, like, today's gonna be the day, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, it was, yeah, very, very small, but to me it was like significant though. yeah it was it was it's, huge it's significant exactly it's significant and i feel like what was i gonna say Ooh, y'all hear my voice <laughs> oh we my are going goodness. through it over here we have water come on front row why y'all coughing why? y'all gonna do it <laughs> why y'all coughing <laughs> i knew i shouldn't have brought this <laughs> so what was i gonna say back to your point i feel like over and over again on this podcast, it has been reiterated that community has been one of the most important things to like people just maintaining their sense of peace and just joy, mm-hmm. especially on campus. Like I just feel like having that that space where you can like be around people who share either like common background or common interests is just so important. I cannot imagine like not having spaces like that. Yeah. But I just feel like without it, like, I don't know. It just would be so much harder to have to like deal. Oh, 100%. The campus life as a person of color. So I definitely get that. No, facts. Especially with the amount of people that are on campus. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. There's too many. Listen, if y'all are not plugged in (laughs) to some sort of group or something, like involving yourself in something, there are too many people on campus for y'all to not be in some sort of group or club or organization. Like, I can promise you there's something for everybody. I'm pretty sure there was a tree hugging club. Yeah, I promise you, they have something for everyone. Okay? Literally, literally. At this point, there's almost like no excuse not to. No, no, there's no. no and excuse. you might be scared at first, but I promise you, like it will make the world of difference Just at the end of the in. day. Yeah, jump in. 
And you could just like do it and then be like, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, exactly. like all you just try it out. Just try. Period. Oh my gosh, y'all. I'm being so transparent with you guys. I've been braiding my hair this whole time. And my middle finger is swollen. No, not swollen. I'm starting to get arthritis. Thanks. Her finger's like tapping out. Like, please. Can't do it. Coach, give me five. No. Um, so you said that you're planning on going back to school. Well, you're on your way to get yes. your master's or doctorate? Master's. Master's, yes. period. Where are you getting your master's in? Ooh, girl. So that, you know, back to my, I like to just do everything. So I had this really... <laughs> I just want to sit on my head. No, um, it was so terrible. Like my one of my worst traits is being indecisive. Like mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, am like, why not? You know, just one. Let me do all four. You know. Yeah. So at one point, I was like, oh, I want to go to law school. And then another point in me, I was like, oh, let me go like do theoretical physics. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, let me go play soccer, like you know, professionally overseas or something. Like <sighs> I literally was like, Ugh. like I don't, I don't know what to do, but. Like my professor was like, you just have to pick one. Like you, you can't sit here every day and be like, mm, I'm not sure yet, because it's like you know that's time that you can't get back. Exactly. So I think at this point in time, I, I'm choosing on the physics, Period. but it's so cutthroat, mm-hmm. so cutthroat. Especially when I like, I'm surrounded literally every day by some of the best of the best, and mm-hmm. I'm like, it's intimidating. Yeah, I'm like, you inspire me, but also you intimidate me or make me be like. Like, this is the level that I have to reach if yeah. I want to get to where you're at. Exactly. And, like, that is, like... Or beyond that. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I was fangirling over one of our professors yesterday. Like, she's basically living, like, the astronomer's dream. Like, the institutes and uh, research opportunities that she's had. Mm. It's, like, some of the most top-of-the-line stuff that you can get. Yeah. And it was just back to back to back. Yeah. And I'm, like, that is so impressive. But also, like... Like, it, like, it's a reality that just, like, hits you. It's, like, mm-hmm. if you want to be, you know, somewhere, your ideal spot, like, that's the path or, you know, the the work that you're going to have to expect or hope exactly. to take, which is so cutthroat. <laughs> like, I mean, in anything, you know, like, the higher of education that you um, desire, it, it just gets harder and harder. And so it's, like, you know, it, in the end, you're, like, okay, I did it, but getting there, I'm learning is, like, mm-hmm. super difficult, so. Yeah, no, I be <laughs> Honestly, that's something I've realized too, like, kind of like, as I've gone through college, I think I didn't realize when I was like coming into college as like a Mm -hmm. freshman, like how some of the professors that we have are like famous people in academia. Yes. Like they're like well-known. Like my abnormal psychology teacher, he, his CV is 50 pages long. He has like, probably like, he's had probably like 50 fellowships and grants given to him. Wow. Crazy guy. Like he's done so much and I was just like and he got his doctorate where I want to get my doctorate so he got his doctorate in clinical psychology at DU which is exactly where I want to go same same doctorate and everything nice. and I'm looking at a CV I'm like bro how old are you right he's like he's, like, he's only like 49 uh, mind you I'm sick and I'm like sitting here I'm like, okay but then you know what my motivation was <laughs> We had the final exam in the class. Mm-hmm. I got 100% on the final. Okay. And he had to comment on it and said, selfishly, I want you to go into clinical psychology. Like, no matter what, you're going to do it. And I'm like, my CD is going to be 60 pages long. My CD is going to be 60 pages long. And I'm an African-American. So. Yo, I love that. And what a, what a, like, crowning moment. Like, Oh, honestly, I was like, because you're Eric Wilkins. Like, <laughs> that's reality to come to to be like i 
have to do as well or better than these people to do what I want to do in life. Exactly. It's crazy. It is a little bit. It's just say the least. Yeah. She said it's just a little. Just, yeah. just a tiny bit. It's fine though. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's something that keeps me up at night. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah. among other things, but <laughs> I sit there and I'm like, you know, shed a little tear. Like maybe, maybe we'll have to, maybe, like maybe in another lifetime or oh. I don't know. But I feel like if the passion is there and if like, because I feel like at the end of the day, like, that's something else about education just in general. Like, I don't oh, really definitely. think it's about how smart you are at all. I really think it's about, like, how passionate you are and how driven you are to get it done. It's going to be hard regardless. Oh, Like, yeah. it's going to be hard for everybody. And that's why I don't like when people say, like, oh, well, I'm not smart enough for graduate school. I'm like, well, you, graduate school, first of all, isn't for everybody. Yeah. But, like, you just have to want it. Right. And know that it's going to suck. And you're, there's going to be days when you're literally like, I can't do this anymore. Exactly. Because Eric Wilcut did it. So you <laughs> and that's that on that. <laughs> that's that on that. Period. Right. End of discussion. <laughs> so my last question for you is if you had to give your younger self or somebody else who's in a similar position as you or might be in a similar position where they're kind of just like, don't know, they just are all the place of passion or whatever it might be. Like, what would your piece of advice be? Oof. I honestly, it's very, like, very elementary, but I would just say just... In the words of Nike, just do it. In like, the words of also Jada Jame from episode, yeah. I think, four. Yeah, same thing. Repeat that. Like, honestly, like, it seems so, like, really, or, like, mm-hmm. intuitive. But if there's one thing I learned, it's you you gain nothing but lessons and a, a deeper understanding of yourself. Yeah. As well as the world around you when you just give things a go. Facts. You know, because you can always start something and be like, this isn't what I, you know, chalked it up to be or what exactly. I imagined it to be for myself. Because that's all it will be, you know, years from now. Like, if you wanted to say, I want to start ice skating, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I've never done a sport in my life, you could go out one day and be like, this is dumb. Exactly. You know, 10 years from now, you will know, uh, at least I tried it, mm-hmm. you know? So that would definitely be my advice. I think specifically to people that are more, like, in my similar situation mm-hmm. or, like, maybe will find themselves at some point. Like, yeah. I would just say like, just give it a whirl. You know, you, if anything, it, it's almost better to do as much as you can than to throw things on the back burner mm-hmm. or be like, Oh, you know, I'm not sure. Like what if, because I mean, yeah, sometimes things might <laughs> have an outcome that you did not hope for, mm-hmm. but now, you know, exactly. like, I feel like knowledge is power. It so, is. It really you is, know, even though. if it's not the knowledge that you wanted, <laughs> It's knowledge nonetheless. Yeah. So you miss 100 percent of the shots <laughs> that you don't take. MJ, where you at? Yeah. My third grade teacher told me that. And I will <laughs> never forget her. Like I said, it's Ariana. It's so literally elementary, but But it's facts though. But like, it's... bro, you sometimes the philosophical long stuff, like that's not what you need. Like sometimes you literally just need people to just tell you, just do it. Right. Be yourself. Like yeah. be, it comes to a point where like I think I feel like there's a point where that kind of just goes in one ear and out the other, but then there's a point in life where you find the value in this, the simplicity of that. Cause that's the Absolutely. end of the day. Like that's it. Like you just got to do it. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Right. Like, or like don't. even an extension of that, like be willing, like the mistakes are just as valuable, if not more valuable than your successes. Yeah. Like you will absolutely take away and learn so many things from all your, you know, pitfalls mm-hmm. and the things that you maybe like, tremendously screwed up like i don't know it's just like you just gotta live and learn like that is life you gotta live and learn babes like (laughs) right go get a sign and put on your wall (laughs) could it be me but go go do it you know if it needs if it inspires you get into it period 
I'm not here to judge. Do what you need to do. Oh, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. We're not done with the podcast yet. Stop. Don't leave. I make these conclusive statements. <laughs> They're like, okay, bye. Click. click out. You know how many times I've seen people just click out right after the section? Oh. Stop doing that, you guys. You're missing out on so much. Okay? I'm dead. That's what keeps me up at night. I'm like, damn, DeAndre didn't even get to finish the episode. <laughs> so continue listening. But that's the end of our we elevated section. But you know, we still got a new section. And yes, so keep listening. But thank you for telling your story, Brittany. Thank you for listening. All right, y'all, we're in our little new section. You know, I think when I, like, made this podcast, originally I had a name for this section. <laughs> and it got lost. Yeah, right? I don't remember what it's called. I just kind of, we're in a little new section, guys. <laughs> we're in section three we're now. Yeah, we're in section three. Um, I'll, I'll let Brittany read the one that she found. Yes, this is exciting, actually. So a 12-year-old, her name is, where's her name? That would be very helpful. Grace Moore. From New York has become the youngest composer of the New York City Orchestra. So, so she's in seventh grade. Uh, the composition that Moore created for the program made a world premiere in a live performance by the New York Philharmonic in October. Woo! I think that's impressive for mainly two reasons. One, her age. Yeah. That's big time. I mean, to be 12 and to be that ambitious, no. you have nothing but my respect. No, right? it's crazy. And in a space that is predominantly, almost like exclusively wealthy mm-hmm. white people, mm-hmm. you have a 12-year-old black girl. Yeah, talk your shit. That's crazy. That's big time. Bro. And New York. I mean, New York. I mean, that is like uh, epic. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I got that vote. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm like blown away. A girl away. could dream. Right. A girl could dream. You're only 12 years old. I barely remember anything from 12 years old. Right. Like what? Like you're at a peak moment in your life. Like you just reached a mountaintop at 12. Yeah. And it's probably literally only uphill from here for her. Wow. I like, I, I'm impressed. Like we were talking about. Greta, Miss Greta. Oh my gosh, yeah, we were talking about just Greta kids, Pepper. just kids in general having that kind of drive and yeah, dude. you know fearlessness to get on those stages that yeah. are usually you're like, oh, that's that's a child, like yeah, that's big time. That's big Age time. ain't nothing but number. <laughs> right, get into Unless it, girl. You're a pedophile. Oh yeah, then don't. Oh, yeah, we don't. <laughs> right, but we should have to tell y'all that. Y'all should know that. That's no, that's like so impressive, honestly, and I think like. So this is, we had this thing um, in one of the labs that I work in. Mm-hmm. We had these kids come and visit from one of the high schools and they were a group of really talented kids. They were singers, songwriters, spoken artists, you know, rap, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so like, you know, prior to, they were like seniors, juniors in high school. And prior to, we kind of like knew that they were like talented and like kind of like, you know, did their thing. Just more regular high school though. And when these kids started sharing their work with us, I was sitting there like, you're kidding me. <laughs> it was so impressive that wow. I was like, I had this moment where I said to them, I was like, y'all, I wish there was more kids like you. But then I thought about it. And I was like, no, nobody probably knows that you guys are this talented, which means there's probably way more kids that are yeah. this talented, yeah. which means that it's honestly just about, like you said, ambition, but also she probably had opportunity. Like she probably yeah. had backing her and everything. 100%. But it's just like back to kind of like the point that we were talking about earlier it's not even about how smart you are. I think it really is just like where your passion lies and how you let it grow and how you're watering it. Absolutely. Because I'm looking at these kids like 
y'all are hiding away in the hallways of Manuel High School. Ain't nobody know your name. But the way I'm listening to you right now, I'm like, why aren't you famous? Right. I'm so confused right now. You may or may not be a child prodigy. Right? You may or may not know that. You <laughs> may or may not know. Yeah, that's such a good point. Those opportunities literally make the world difference. It does. Literally. It does. That's crazy. Yeah. My good for her, though. No, seriously. <laughs> that's insane. She's going to remember that forever. Thanks. Mine is... A father named William Moxie who surprises his four children with their very own ATM business. And I'm going to tell you all why I like this. So it says, William Moxie is a 34-year-old serial entrepreneur and a father of four children from Florida who's making national headlines for surprising his children with their very own ATM business called Quick Bucks Now. He says that he wants to teach his children the importance of money management and responsibility. I love this for many reasons. One, Black family. Love that in general. Two, generational wealth. You are passing on a legacy to your children. You first of all, the ATM business. I'm trying to get into the ATM business. You know how much money you it's like make? vending machines. Yeah, Bro. there's a lot. Oh my gosh, there's a, what a hell of a profit! Oh, yeah. it's crazy. And I'm just like, I feel like that conversation's coming up more and more now, where people are talking about like, actually, like, how are we passing this down to the generation the next, yeah. like the, the next generation? Mm-hmm. And that's just. I wish I knew how to manage my own ATM business at the age of like, they're right. probably what, like 10, 13 years old? They have to be. Yeah, that's crazy. The dad himself is only 34. Like, that's insane. Bro. Like, he's, you know, he's got his whole life. And you already have enough money to invest in an ATM business for your kids? Respect. Imagine what he's doing for himself, bro. Yeah. Oh, his children are 16, 13, 11, and 6. Impressive. Wow. That six-year-old, bro, he about to make the new crypto. Right. That's when he becomes 20. He's going to be like, I, Bill Gates, I don't, who is that? That's crazy. Right, I surpassed that, man. That is crazy. Wow. I really, see, that's the type of stuff that I'm trying to have for my kids. That's the type of knowledge that I want them to yeah, have. Yeah, that kind of like, you know, forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect that because yeah. it's like you're thinking about not only your own self, but the, like you said, the legacy that you will mm-hmm. soon leave behind you. Like Exactly. He's definitely ahead of the game for sure. Period. Well, guys. We're going to get into my last section and my favorite section where we talk about Brittany's favorite food as a kid. So we're going to hop right into it. Okay, we are in my favorite section. And y'all, I'm actually really hungry today. I didn't eat anything yesterday. And since I've been... (laughs) Front row. Since I've been box braiding my hair today... I have had this Chipotle sitting next to me since like one and I haven't finished it. And that's all I've eaten today. So I'm hungry. So this better be really good. (laughs) This is either going to make or break my appetite. I'm excited. It's going to make or break my appetite. I'm excited. So tell us, Brittany. So my mom used to make this dish or she still makes it. It's called paella. It's Mm -hmm. a Spanish dish. You know what it is? Love it. So we, it started as a tradition, um, in Spain, there is a um, rivalry between Madrid and Barcelona, these yeah. two, you know, major clubs. Um, and they every time they play a game, it's called El Clasico. And my mom would make paella for us when we would watch it. And so it was like mm, every now and then, I think it was like a couple months. I haven't watched one in a hot minute. But that was kind of our thing was yeah. we would make like a fat dish of paella. And sometimes she would go all out and bring in like the oysters or Ooh. like, yeah, the, like the chicken. Like it would either be like super intense or sometimes just a little, like a little light dish yeah. version of it. But when I tell you, like my mom can cook. This white woman can cook. Okay. <laughs> but she, when she would make that, it was like, 
it was so good. Like Ooh. it was not only fun because you know I'm you know kikiing, but also chatting mad shit with my sister. Like, yeah, hey, your team sucks because <laughs> she liked Madrid and I like Barcelona. You know, I like Barcelona. Ah, period. Barcelona. You're on the right side of history. Awesome. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, so whenever she would make that, it was like it's like a core memory to me. Like the first time she made it and like the excitement of the game and like especially like if my team won i would yeah. be sitting there like sitting there and chewing on your yeah mind. that's right i've been chewing that's mad right. loud Look at my sister back. yeah hey throwing at her from across the room <laughs> but yeah that's it's so good like and i i really want to like when i go to spain i want to have it because you know it'd be like authentic yeah yeah but if you've never had it anybody listening please try it it is it is so good. Like, Describe it to the people that don't know what paella okay, is. Okay, so it's like it's it's a it's an amalgamation of things. It's like rice. You have vegetables. Like I said, sometimes there's oysters in there. You can have chicken. Um, there's some kind of hearty sauce. Like I I can't remember exactly what is in it because girl, I'll just be eating it. I'm not yeah. making it. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> Thanks, I up, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, um, that's a little that's a little rat in me. I'm like. Thanks, <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'd be like, you know, thank you for your hard work, but I'm about to chew this down. Like, don't mind me. But yeah, it's it really depends on like how you want to make it, because like again, some people will go and put just everything in like mm-hmm. on earth on it, and then some people, you know, sometimes you can have like a little bit of a a light version of it. Either yeah. way, it's just it's kind of like jambalaya, but like for Spanish, Spanish exactly. the Spaniards, you know. It, and it's um, it's uh, like a coastal seafood, a seafood a sea dish yeah seafood dish so if you're it's into fine. that i haven't had it in forever oh so good when was the last time you had it when was the last time your mom made it for you oh it's probably been uh over a year now which is really depressing yeah because it would be every year it. like a couple times like maybe three or four mm. and now it's like because you know she she lives up in the mountains now miss bougie girl <laughs> so she's like bye but yeah it's been over a year but um i definitely recommend it it's just you know Cause you don't have to have the seafood in it. You can have like chicken. Exactly. So that's what I like it because you can be a little versatile with it. Versatile. Yes. It's, it's so good. Period. So Brittany, this is the end of our episode. <laughs> One thing I'm taking away from this episode and I am hoping that you guys can take away from this as well. Honestly, we touched on this a little bit, but I feel like this is the thing that's just really replaying in my mind. Mm-hmm. When you were talking about like getting your master's and like, kind of like seeing like, your professors and how much work they have to put in. I feel like what I'm taking from this conversation above everything else is like not looking at that with like a sense of like intimidation about like how much work the people that have gone before you have done, Mm -hmm. but like kind of like using that as fuel by remembering that they probably were in the same position where they thought they couldn't do it either. And so that part I need that for myself. Yeah. I definitely I'm already feeling a little intimidated by some people. I'm like, wow, I really thought I was I feel like it's such a reality check because you really thought you were smart. Without a doubt. I was always like, I wasn't gifted and talented. Like, I really <laughs> thought I was like that girl. And now there's people and I'm like, okay, this is the playing field. Right. This is the playing field of life. This is a lot more intense, but like not being intimidated by that, but rather knowing like, if you want it, you can get it. And you have to just do it. <laughs> Thank you, Nike. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> and this humbling experience of life and <laughs> academics there are things that are going to knock you on your feet, but also, like yes. you said, it's that fuel, you know, it's that fire that kicks you and just, exactly. you know, throw it propels you forward. So what you do with it after that is, is up to you and on you. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think having those kind of pillars, pillars being those people like, 
kind of like your forefathers, your predecessors, mm-hmm. like they have paved a road for you and your road doesn't have to be exactly like theirs. Exactly. But it's definitely giving you, you know, like, all right, here's what it took and this can or cannot be used. So Exactly. Per. Well, is there anywhere we can find you on social media, on campus, in life? Yes. So if you're on campus, I live in Dwayne Physics. Um, it is the building with the really tall tower. It's mm-hmm. the tallest building on campus. Um, or I'm in SBO, which is our, it's next to the planetarium for all our telescopes we're at. Period. Um, and then on, uh, I usually predominantly use Instagram, but it's, uh, I don't really use that either. But if you, <laughs> if you feel, you know, you want to reach me, it's Washington, but with four A's. So just good old Washington. Washington. <laughs> yeah. At Washington, <sighs> that's me. So, yeah. I mean, I have Snapchat and all that, but I just never use it. <laughs> so, or Twitter. Yeah, no. But Instagram, definitely the spot to find me. So. Period. Well, thank you so much for joining our conversation. And front row, no more coughing. This right, time. we we heard enough. That thank was really you. inappropriate. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna have to have a conversation. It was really with you rude guys and inconsiderate. Off, camera, off microphone. Okay. <laughs> well, we will talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in every Tuesday. Love y'all and have a good rest of your week. Bye. Bye.